Hi, I'm Kevin Rogers, and once again, you're listening to Sidewalk Skyline Podcast. Today, uh, I have uh, a person that I wish I could have seen more of in the last couple of years, uh, Gary Connors. We work together with uh, Mission Canada, and uh, he's uh, the one that is uh, focused on uh, Quebec and Francophone Canada. And uh, I always enjoy uh, in-person meetings with Gary because he'll often bring fresh bagels from Montreal to our meetings. And if I'm not careful, um, he might sneak up and give me a kiss on the cheek in European style, even though he's not European. Uh, welcome, Gary. And uh, it's uh, great to be with you today. And uh, I know I won't get a bagel or a peck on the cheek today from you, but uh, good, to, good to have you on the podcast today. Bonjour, mon ami Kevin. C'est bon d'être avec vous et avec tous ceux qui nous écoutent. Great to be with you, Kevin. And, uh, you know, even in the COVID area, it's pretty hard to give you that Montreal two-cheek kiss, but it's in my heart. There you go. <laughs> kiss my mask. <laughs> oh, I hope you don't get the letters wrong on that, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're off to a good start already. I could oh, see that now. Oh, I think yeah. we better start over. <laughs> Uh, well, Gary, you've uh, given much of your adult life to serving God in Quebec, and especially in, in the Montreal area. Um, so we're going to talk about some of uh, your work today. Um, and uh, so why don't you just give me um, <clears throat> just uh, the, the, the uh, elevator speech on all the, the things that you're involved in currently uh, with ministry in Montreal and Quebec. Um, well, presently, I'm, um, as, as you just mentioned, I'm the Quebec and Francophone Canada coordinator uh, with Mission, within Mission Canada, as you are the coordinator for Urban Centre uh, Ministry. Um, and um, I, uh, I'm also the coordinator for something that's called Fit for M, and I know we're going to talk about it a bit later in the podcast, which means French Intensive Training for Ministry. Basically, it's... Uh, a program that we offer to Bible college graduates from our colleges and credential holders who feel a call to ministry within French Canada. And um, so we offer them a linguistic and a cultural um, pastoral training uh, for a year period as they go into ministry somewhere in French Canada. Um, also, I, I'm involved in ministry on my, my, with my home church, Evangel, in downtown Montreal with uh, Pastor Pally Miller. Miller and uh, with Rob Moore. I'm on the lead team, on the developing team of the, uh, of the church. And so those, and I try to be very involved with my local community here on a uh, unofficial basis. Um, try to get involved in um, uh, sports activities, curling, golf, uh, you know, met some great people here in the, in the community and uh, and now that I'm no longer you know, in charge of, of such of a, a ministry within uh, the Montreal area, uh, you, know, you do have to find ways of connecting with your community and be purposeful. And um, just trying to do that, trying to be, uh, uh, trying to finish well my ministry and uh, to be uh, alive uh, in a good way. Now, I think you live in Hudson. Yeah, I live in a low community of about uh, 5,500 people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it's a bit of a different community than what you would think of for the province of Quebec because it's about 85% English, believe it mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, just, just off the island of Montreal, heading towards Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And a uh, nice little community. Um, and, um, you know, like any community, even a community like Hudson, which is, you would say, 85% English, uh, you know, an English community in Quebec is different than an English community even in the rest of Canada. Right. Um, you know, as they would say, or would you want it or not, um, living in Quebec sure is different than living in the rest of Canada um, in the sense of whole cultural difference, and um, which, which is a big part of when you grow up here. I was, I'm from the eastern townships from a city called Sherbrooke. Uh, Sherbrooke as well uh, used to be a very English uh, loyalist type area. Uh, it's changed over the years, uh, an area that used to be, you know, maybe uh, 
60% French and 40% English has now changed to maybe about 85% French. Uh, but coming from that background, um, you know, I was brought up French and English. I was brought up uh, Roman Catholic. My mom was uh, Roman Catholic. My dad was actually uh, United Church. He mm. was a coal miner down in Nova Scotia. And during the war, he, uh, before going overseas, he had to train in Sherbrooke. And that's where he met my mom. Um, and in 1945, they, they got married. I came along in 1952. Um but back then, when a Protestant person married a Catholic person within the Catholic Church, uh, they had the promise to raise their family Catholic. And so I went to a Catholic school, French school, for four years. And then the rest of my education was in English. I went to St. Therese d'Avila. I went to St. Pat's High School. Then ended up at a regional school for the last year of my uh, high school training. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've always had the French and English um, uh, in my in who I was uh, as as a person, and so even mm-hmm. if you are English, uh, outside of the Montreal metropolitan area, um, you know there's really two air two big areas in the province of Quebec. You have the Montreal metropolitan area, and then mm-hmm. you sort of have the rest of Quebec. And the rest of Quebec is very French, mm-hmm. uh, but the Montreal area is is very um, cosmopolitan. And, uh, you know, very much both. And the townships was both, but more and more, it's becoming more French. So a bit of that's my background, raised Roman Catholic till I was uh, 19. And um, I know you were going to ask me something about, you know, how I came to know the Lord. But yeah, uh, well, go, go ahead. You know that I'm, uh, at 19, five of us guys, we went out west. Uh, to work we were going to work on oil rigs in different places end up working uh, different places oil rigs farmers and then I ended up which I now know today was really uh, in the sovereign will of the Lord working for a Pentecostal farmer he was uh, had a big ranch had Charolais cattle Main Anjou cattle his wife had Arabian horses big big thing and, uh, but what I really liked about working with him is he didn't work on Sundays because it was the Sabbath, the Lord's day. Right. And, um, you know, I like that. All my friends and I went out with me had to, had to work on Sundays, but <laughs> I got my, my Sundays off. Uh, then near the end of my stint working for him, I remember he invited me to, uh, to, go <laughs> to church on a Sunday. That would be my and, dog. Uh, Oh, that's okay. Uh, so I went to a um, evangelical free church with him in the morning. And then in the evening, I went to his uh, Pentecostal church. Well, you must know, a gentleman like myself, who's always raised in the Roman Catholic church, has never been in uh, another type of church, going into a Pentecostal church where there was people playing the accordion, the guitar, and the, uh, the banjo, and everybody. It was quite an experience for me. A very intriguing, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, through that and through other experiences, he uh, he sent me to a um, a week of meetings at a Bible college, um, and uh, at that Bible college, uh, with the person I was um, with, whose room I was staying with, billeting, uh, led me to Christ, and that was back in um, oh 1971. So uh, actually, just uh, in 2021, I celebrated my 50th year as being a born-again believer, just Beautiful. in the fall of 2021. So I uh, was a very special time. So came back to Quebec and went to Bible college, so on and so forth. Gives you a bit about my background there, Kevin. Yeah. And now how about uh, Gwen, your wife? Is uh, she Quebecois as well? No, uh, Gwen is from Ottawa. Mm. She uh, born and raised uh, in actually a, a Christian home, and uh, she uh, uh, I met her at Bible College when I went there in 1972. Uh, she she thought she was going to go into uh, journalism, and but she felt the call of God in her life to at least do one year at at, at uh, Eastern Pentecostal Bible College. And um, then she thought, well, she'd continue her studies and go for journalism. Well, I guess the Lord had a different plans for her and I. She actually stayed three years at the college, and so did I. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Gwen 
Brian and I, we have two children, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen and uh, Andrea. Both of them are married. Uh, my son has uh, is married to Kara and has two two kids. So we have two grandkids, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh, that's and that's the best thing going, isn't it? Oh, it is. Having grandkids. Yeah. And um, my daughter and her husband, he's an Estonian gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have any kids uh, mm-hmm. as of now, but uh, mm-hmm. that's my family. Yeah. And uh, Gwen and I, we pastored in Quebec City mm-hmm. uh, from 1975 to 1983. I'm, I worked with a gentleman called Al Bowen, and mm-hmm. we assisted him there. And then in 1983, I became the senior pastor of L'Assemblée du Plan Evangile, um, full gospel church in uh, La Salle, Quebec. And I pastored there from 1983 to 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1996 till 2009, I, I, was, in, I was working as the uh, district superintendent, mm-hmm. assistant to the district superintendent for three years in the district of East Ontario in Quebec. But then when the District of Quebec got formed in the year 2000, I became the superintendent up until 2009. Mm. And then in 2009, I, uh, I, I became the uh, coordinator for Quebec and Francophone Canada and Mission Canada at the same time as working with uh, my home church, Evangel, a Pentecostal church. I went on staff for a couple of years. Then I was asked to be the uh, um, Bible college president of our French Bible College, and I did that for nine years until, until uh, wow, until June of uh, 2020. So um, those are some of those ministry activities that I've had, and Gwen has been there with me, and she's been a great supporter, uh, has had her own ministry, more out in the public, worked in healthcare and so forth, so it's been great. Well, you, you've certainly have had a, uh, a rich and fulfilling life thus far. And, and I'm only uh, 52, so there you go. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, on uh, the uh, PAOC website, um, it says that in Quebec, less than 6% of Catholics go to Mass on Sundays on a regular basis. Um, Sunday morning attendance in Protestant evangelical churches makes up less than 1% of the uh, Quebec population. More than 700 municipalities in Quebec with no evangelical church. So missiologists have described Quebec as the largest mission field for the gospel in the Western Hemisphere. Now, um, I, I always uh, think that if I had never visited Montreal a few times, if I'd never been to Quebec City and a few other places, um, there would be so many things that would be mysterious and unknown to me about Quebec. Uh, one of the things that I'm intrigued by is the rapid decline of Roman Catholicism in Quebec. Uh, and and uh, how that was such a Catholic stronghold in Canada. Uh, and then, uh, you know, when, um, when we think about today uh, and the challenges for non-Catholic Christians to, uh, to engage in church life, to plant churches, to share their faith, uh, why don't you give us some insight into uh, what it's like to be a Jesus follower? Um, well, certainly in, in Montreal, you're going to have a more cosmopolitan experience. Uh, but uh, throughout uh, the rest of Quebec, uh, tell me some stories and help me get a handle on uh, what it's like to be a, a Christ follower in Quebec. Okay, well, that's a good question because it makes me think of how we sometimes, you know, the old expression, how do you look, is the glass half full or half empty? Or mm-hmm. remember that illustration you might have heard before where the shoe salesman goes to Africa and he, uh, many, many years ago, and he writes back to his company and says, sorry, bring me home. Uh, no one wears shoes here. As well, the other shoes, shoe salesman goes out there and sends a note back home and says, hey, you know, I want to stay here. Send all the shoes you can. No one sells. <laughs> no one has shoes here. Uh, so oftentimes, it's the way we look at the way things are. Mm-hmm. I think it's a wonderful time uh, for the gospel in the province of Quebec. I just think it's it's a time where 
um, there's a real, uh, I think there's a desire to have something real. If the shell of a organization has lost its influence on a society, uh, what a great space for um, the reality of the gospel and a relationship with Jesus to fill that gap, to fill mm -hmm. that space. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's amazing, um, Kevin. Uh, my wife, uh, she was the volunteer coordinator at a, a palliative care residence in, in uh, Western Montreal for many years. And uh, she always tells me this one particular conversation she had with the uh, main doctor at the palliative care residence Mm -hmm. And a nurse who was there uh, interning, I think, I think the young nurse was about 25 or 26. And um, Gwen and the doctor were talking about uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, um, um, David and Goliath, you know, oh, yeah. he, he, he wrote. And then they were talking about the different areas of it. And then the, uh, the young nurse interrupted them and they said, excuse me, um, who's David and Goliath? Yeah. It's, it's like both my wife, you know, who's a believer, and the doctor, who's not necessarily what we would call born-again believer in the same way that we, we do, but, you know, had, had at least the background of a Christian education. Mm -hmm. Like, they said, what? It, it, there's, there's, uh, there's an emptiness. There's, it, like, there's not necessarily, yes, there is an, uh, an adverse sense to an institution or to, uh, you know, someone want to come along and make you like them. But there's really no adverse to somebody wanting to talk about a relationship uh, that would be alive and living. Mm -hmm. I, I do think um, as we live our life in a manner that would portray our Christian principles, what we believe as believers, we do, we do live differently than others. We are perceived differently, but we're not understood necessarily why, and questions are asked. Mm -hmm. you know, well, why, why this and why that? And it, it really makes me think of the scripture that says, always be prepared to give an answer for the, for the faith that we have inside us. And um, don't feel any huge opposition to, you know, to me as a, as a believer, as a person, as long as my relationship is a real relationship with them, as long mm -hmm. as I don't see people as projects. Right. If I, if I, if I see, I, I make, I made mention of, you know, being involved here in Hudson with, with people. Well, my result is wanting to be involved with them as people, getting to know them and them getting to know me, maybe not understanding uh, who I am completely, but knowing that, Hey, I can be um, I can be a Christ follower. I can have principles. I can have absolutes in my life, and and I think in our society here in Quebec, um, people just don't have always absolutes, and they realize there's something missing. And we have the message of Christ, which is an absolute, and uh, I, I think we have to be careful the way we do it. I think we have to live, uh, you know, in a way that will reflect. Who Christ is, uh, his uh, character, his person, and you know even our faith walk and our faith uh, faith life uh, says a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I haven't answered your question completely, but it gives a bit of an idea how how I look at the province of Quebec and, and Quebec in general. Yes, faith is down. Those figures that you talked about are figures that I I myself have put on on the PUC website. Six mm -hmm. percent of people, um, you know, might be on church on a Sunday on a Sunday morning. Yeah. But if you look at the statistics, if you look at the registry, you might find there's eighty percent of the province is Catholic. You know, mm -hmm. when they write down when out with the uh, uh, the census, but how many really have, uh, you know, a a real relationship with Christ? When we say there's less than 1% of the population that would be in a church on a Sunday morning, the whole idea is that out of the 8.6 million, 8.4 to 8.6 million people living in the province, maybe 70 to 80,000 people would be what we call in a traditional evangelical church. Mm -hmm. Now, 
there can be very many more on the outside of that. And I believe even within the Catholic Church, there are many, many people who have a true faith in the Lord. And, and that number can be much, much higher. Yeah. When we yeah. talk about, you know, Kevin, you mentioned the, the talk about 1.8 million people uh, in their communities have no church. Well, that is that is so true. Like, because of my positions and working within our assemblies, I've had a chance to travel a lot across Canada and see how it is in other municipalities in the rest of Canada. I can always remember this one time I was in Saskatchewan in Saskatoon, uh, staying at the pastor's house, and I walked from his uh, house to um, uh, to uh, the church one day. And as I was, it's not wasn't that far away. And as I was walking, I saw uh, many, you know, uh, what we would call evangelical Protestant churches, mm-hmm. nursing homes that mm-hmm. were made by Protestant evangelicals, mm-hmm. a hospital. And I'm walking by all this and I'm thinking, wow, this is so, so different yeah. than where we, when we live. Because you'll have communities in Quebec, 15,000 people who will not have an evangelical um, you know, witness in there, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, now I believe there's probably some, maybe some Christians who belong to a, a church, but there's no evangelical witness community within that church. And there's a lot of those going on. So that's where the, uh, you know, the scenery is a bit different when you're in mm-hmm. the province of Quebec, you'll go to the rural church uh, towns and you'll see huge uh, churches Catholic churches, but the vast majority of them are empty. Or if you go in, they've been turned into gymnasiums, or they've been turned into uh, restaurants, or they've been turned yeah. to something else. There's uh, there's real chance for things to be done in the province of, of Quebec uh, at this particular time, and uh, there's really not an adversity yet. Well, there's maybe an adversity to what people see on uh, TV coming from you know, other areas and saying, oh, that's what these religious people do. Yeah. But uh, there's no constant, until I became a Christian, I had never read a, a Bible. You know, I knew there was one in the attic, uh, but uh, I, I had never read it myself. And when I actually read, had told me, uh, it says in 1 John 5, 11, 12, and 13, that he who has the Son of God has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. That was the night that my night, my life changed. This, the, the, the scriptures who spoke to my heart that said, Gary, you, you can know. You don't have to wait till you die and you have this sort of, you know, balance. Did I do enough good things? Was I good enough? Was I bad enough? And that's the way I sort of saw the way it was going to be pretty easy when you're judging yourself to think yeah I was a pretty good guy I think I'll make it (laughs) but when that gentleman at that bible college asked me he said Gary if you should die tonight are you sure to go to heaven and then he asked me he said Gary if you were in front of the Lord and he said why should I let you into heaven what would you say well I basically said well I've been a pretty good guy you know I didn't do this didn't do that and and he basically told me the truth of the gospel he says you know what it really doesn't matter what you did, Gary. It's what he did. And if you have Jesus in your heart, the Bible says that you may know you have eternal life. Well, just that seed of truth just changed my life completely because it was never presented to me in that way. And I, I really think that message really, really is can can do a lot in um, even today within within <laughs> our uh, our society where we live. But people need to know that we're real people. They need to know that, uh, you know, we're not strange, uh, but maybe we are different, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, Gary, when I was in uh, Eastern Pentecostal Bible College back in the 80s, um, uh, there was a time when I gave real heartfelt consideration to the flight program the, that was French language intensive training for evangelism. And uh, the commitment back then was that uh, you could go to uh, study the language uh, and uh, you would uh, 
it would be paid for to study. And, and then the return was to stay in Quebec for uh, at least two years engaging in, in ministry and uh, church it was the rest, I thought it was the rest of your life. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they just wanted to put, put anybody that was squeamish, give them a note, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, um, I, I never did uh, respond uh, to, to go to Quebec. Uh, but uh, over the years, every time I, I go to Montreal, I, I'm, I'm just, I just love your city so much. And, uh, you know, I, I think I'm tempted to relocate here uh, just, just because it's such a fascinating place. But I, I, I also have a family and a church that I pastor. And uh, I, I don't think they would be uh, too happy if I did that. Uh, it, would, it would have to be the Lord speaking loud and clear. But uh, anyways, um, just thinking back to those days with the, the flight program, and uh, there were several uh, English-speaking Canadians that uh, went from Bible college, studied um, the French language intensively, and then planted churches. And uh, uh, eventually that, uh, that uh, petered out, but in its place, uh, Fit for M uh, has emerged. And uh, so talk to me about uh, Fit for M and, uh, you know, is it uh, many of the same objectives as the flight program or tell, tell me about it. And we'll put all of these things that we discuss, we'll put in the show notes uh, so that people can go online and, and learn more. Yeah, Fit for M, uh, it's, that's an acronym which stands for French Intensive Training for Ministry. And uh, it is a program that we, re we rebooted the flight program. Uh, the flight program had been very effective uh, over a 30-year period from 69 to 84. I'm sorry, 15-year uh, period. There were over 58 participants in that program. Mm -hmm. And through them, over 20, 29 either ministries or churches were started by those mm -hmm. you know, 58 people who participated in the program. And many of those are still uh, working today. It's, those churches are still very thriving today, and many of them that were started back then. My wife was actually took the flight program uh, after we, she graduated from Bible college. Mm. Um, but just, you know, programs change. And uh, there was a 30 year period from 1984 to, to 2014, where uh, it just it wasn't it wasn't the time uh, for that program to continue. Mm -hmm. uh, but in 2013, there was that sense again of a Macedonian call. When I say Macedonian call, like really the call back in the 70s when the flight program was on was it was that was sort of the metaphor metaphor that was given was as Quebec is crying out to the rest of Canada saying come help us you know bring the message uh, I think in the 80s and 90s and um, and also the early 2000 uh, the restructuring here in the province the the the, the two um, organizational structures that came became one, the starting of the, of the District of Quebec, that whole structural side was where the emphasis needed to be. Uh, but then when you get past 2010 and 2011, and uh, you know, the figures are saying, you know, there needs to be a new Macedonian call. That means needs a new call to say, you know, boy, we, whoever will come help us. And, uh, there's such a great need in the province of Quebec. There, there's, there, there's a dearth. There's, there's, as you said, missiologists across North America see it as a, a very prime location for missions. Mm -hmm. And um, so we felt, you know, how can we, how can we again reach out to Canada? And we thought maybe, maybe by rebooting uh, our flight program in, in to a new generation of people who would sense of call. Uh, so we've changed it in a, in a, a bit because back in the 70s, we used to own property in Quebec City and students would come live in that property. And then after they've gone through the Université Laval in Quebec City in their linguistic program, they would be out. The, the, the then home missions department of the PUC would, would provide lodging for them in some city. 
either buy a, a mobile home or, or, uh, or provide rental for a church and so forth. Um, well, that's, that's gone by the wayside because the monies just aren't, aren't there. So what we've done in this new program is we've associated with institutions here in the province of Quebec. We have working understandings with UCAM, which is the University of Quebec in Montreal. We have working relationships with linguistics institutions here in Quebec. And we are hoping we can do it in Northern Ontario or in uh, uh, the Maritimes as well, where they have uh, French universities and French linguistic programs. So if anybody would feel a call to do ministry in the province of Quebec or in French Canada, you would come here, you would take that one year linguistic program. And while you're taking the program, uh, a person would be placed on the pastoral staff of a host church. So we have relationships with host churches, French host churches in the province of Quebec. And while uh, they're learning their linguistic programs, they're giving they're given ministry commensurate to amount French they know. So during that one year, they're not only learning the language, they're learning the culture. They're learning what it is to, to be in the province, the differences. And so, by the way, if anybody's wanting to know how different uh, Quebec is from the rest of Canada, our pastor, Pastor Mandy Miller, who was from uh, Western Ontario, when she came here, uh, she read a book um, about, you know, the differences in Quebec and in the rest of Canada. And uh, she did a series in the church, a fantastic series, says, uh, if Jesus was a Quebecer, uh, I would just say, listeners, you can go and see it. And, and Kevin, you said you're going to put these uh, yeah, we'll uh, resources on, yeah. on. It's a great series to listen to. So it's, ministry is different here. So as people are learning uh, the linguistic side of the learning, the culture, and then we as a movement, the, the, the Mission Canada, we do provide educational uh, as free of charge. They learn their, 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 their education, their linguistic education is paid for. Mm-hmm. Their room and board is paid for, taken care of by that local church. And incidentals, we, can, we, we work on providing those as well for those participants who come. And really the commitment is you, you, you need to see whether, whether for another two years you can work somewhere in French Canada. Uh, and that can be differently. Like just a couple of years ago, we had a couple who came from Kelowna, BC, uh, Val, uh, Val and Tom Harbour, and, and an older couple, not really that old, you know, maybe just a bit younger than you, Kevin, but uh, they're both counselors uh, and but they've had a heart uh, to learn French and to minister to the French people. Well, they came here, did their one year schooling at uh, UCAM, uh, got a one year certificate in university. They've added it to their educational portfolio. While they were here, they pastored to one of our downtown local churches here in Montreal, Gospel V. And now they've gone back to Kelowna and they are starting a French community, um, Christian community fellowship within their particular area. And they're, they're keeping their relationship with Gospel Life Church here in Montreal. And so they sent the call to come here to Quebec, learn French, go back to their area and minister to the French people where they live. They're being supported by the district of BC in doing this. Now, very interesting. At the same time as this couple came from Kelowna Church, another couple came from Kelowna Church, came to Quebec, took the, took the program, Cal and Chrissy Cron, but they stayed in Montreal and are actually attached to our church where, where, where I am. But their ministry is to downtown um, Montreal. And they're working with you, actually, in the urban area of, right. you know, working in with a, a kitchen that's providing food, uh, for the needy in, in downtown uh, Montreal, mm-hmm. working there. Another young gentleman, his name is David Ritz, came here a number of years ago, did basically the same thing, took the linguistic program, but not through Fit for, Fit for M. He had come on his own at the time. Well, he's working with um, um, the universities and colleges and mainly with um, the program we have, um, just the name uh, slips, you know what it is. Uh, red, red frogs. Red frogs, yeah. Yeah. And uh, working and having a fantastic influence in our in McGill University and all the other campuses in downtown mm-hmm. Montreal. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of that is, is you know, related to programs like Fit, Fit for M. And so today, you know, like up until the, uh, 
the pandemic, uh, I, I visit a lot the Bible colleges, go in churches, talk about the need in Quebec and tell them about the Fit for M program. Uh, the program is there. Um, and um, if, if there are people who would like to be involved, you can go to the website, look at what it takes to be involved, and we'd sure love to have you mm-hmm. um, be a part of the ministry here in Quebec. There's, um, uh, I, you mentioned uh, being involved in, in your local church, Evangel, and uh, Patty Miller is going to be uh, one of our guests on an up, upcoming episode, uh, Graham Singh. Um, is going to be oh, on, great. and, and uh, so we're we're going to try and do some uh, deep dive into Montreal in in some of the future episodes. Uh, uh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm curious uh, when we talk about Francophone Canada, there are large pockets of uh, French as first language uh, people in various parts of Canada. Where are some of the um, large francophone communities outside of Quebec. Uh, you'll have Northern Ontario, Eastern Ontario, Northern Ontario has a big population. And it's very interesting, like, you know, cities like um, Sudbury, mm-hmm. you know, surprisingly not 44% of the population speak French. Hmm. Uh, other areas as well, like a couple of years ago, um, um, Jamie Shepard invited me down to uh, uh, his church in... Uh, Welland. In Welland, yeah. uh, to speak on a Sunday morning service for Canada Day. It was really an interesting day because we had an English service at um, at uh, nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and we had a French service at eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. And anything that was done in English at the nine o'clock service, we did at eleven o'clock in the French service. And we even had uh, pancakes and French maple and maple syrup I brought with me in between the services. It was a real French Canadian morning. All the worship yeah. was in French that morning. Why? Because in that whole Welland area, there's a whole big pocket of French uh, people. And there are wow. pockets of French people across uh, Canada. And, uh, you know, out where Tom and Val and Kelowna, there's, there's an area there where a lot of people go uh, uh, picking fruit in, in the summertime. And a lot of people have stuck around or, or because they've, they've liked, liked the area. And so there are these pockets everywhere, but I would say the, the biggest area outside of Quebec would be Northern, Northern Ontario, mm-hmm. Eastern Ontario, and also uh, uh, the, the Maritimes with the Acadian mm-hmm. population in New Brunswick, especially. I would, and actually in, in, um, in uh, Newfoundland as well, in mm-hmm. Labrador and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some of the great, greatest areas. Yeah. You know, there's, believe it or not, of the 36 million people who live in Canada, over 10 million people speak French. Is that right? That's right. And, uh, you know, inversely to that as well, Kevin, Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes when I go and speak about the need in the province of Quebec, I'll be in a province like Saskatchewan and Manitoba, and I'll say, you know what? If you took the population of Saskatchewan plus the population of Manitoba, we'll say about 3,500,000 people mm-hmm. and bring them to Quebec. And if it was technically possible, you could find someone to speak with in English. In the province of Quebec, I said there was 8.4, 8.6 million people. But of those, I, there are a lot of French who are bilingual as well. You'd find over 3 million people plus in Quebec who could converse in the English language. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's a whole ministry there, even if somebody says, you know, I really sense a call to minister to uh, English, and I'm sorry, to, to the Quebecois. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some Quebecois English too, there's, and, and uh, there's a whole need as well within the English population in, in the province of Quebec. Mm. Uh, you mentioned uh, being on the the lead team at Evangel and one of the projects that uh, you are involved in uh, is uh, they are taking a uh, essentially a storefront property around the corner from the church on Rue de Saint Catherine and tearing it down and building a 14-story um, high rise and uh, so tell me what 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 that's all about uh, what's um, What's the yeah. uh, objective there? Now, I'm sure when Pat, Pastor Patty and Graham will be with you on a future podcast, they'll, they'll really talk about the, the whole uh, 
idea on that Peter McGill area where the where St. Jack's is, where where um, uh, what's his name is Graham is and Graham, yes. Yeah. Uh, we um, we do have a philosophy of ministry within that area is reaching out to the people outside the doors of that church. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we've had, we've done the Halo project and um, mm-hmm. seeing how the church has been influencing that particular area. Well, we've tried to say, okay, how can we as a church uh, be very visible in the area and helping out our community? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, high-rise condominiums in our area, a lot of need a lot of need for rental space. So instead of um, building a building condominiums and trying to get a money back for it, we actually thought, what can we do with the space that God has allowed us to have? Um, the church felt led a number of years ago, um, back when uh, Pastor Mann was pastoring the church, felt the, felt the direction to, to buy an old uh, St. Hubert barbecue building that was for sale um, many years ago when the forum where the um, the other religion of Quebec used, used to <laughs> the Montreal Canadians where they worshipped uh, in the, when that building uh, when the Montreal Canadians left that building and went to their new bell center it's as if the whole area where the church is just across the street I just sort of went down uh, completely. And at that particular time, buildings were being sold. And uh, so we actually were able to purchase that building at the time. Uh, and, in, and in foresight, you know, God allowed that so that today that particular building that we bought, which we used over many, many years, is now going to be, we should be starting to uh, um, demolish it in a few months from now in order to have a building that will serve um, the community that we are in with its present needs. We're going to have affordable housing, housing in it. We're going to have handi- handicapped housing in it. We're going to provide uh, a, a multifunctional areas for people who live in the building. Uh, we, we will have, you know, commercial buildings on commercial storefronts on the st- storefront. Mm-hmm. And um, so all part of trying to be part of the community where we are. Uh, and so that is one of the projects, like I work on the development team with the rest of the group there. Uh, so I'm sure Pastor Patty will share her whole philosophy around that. Yeah. Uh, just trying to be very present in the Peter McGill area. And again, it, it's part of not just being an institution, but being, you know, someone who's out there doing something for the community. And uh, just... Just a great uh, story, Kevin. Uh, just recently, uh, um, we, we we gave a, a bit of a challenge to the church. Uh, there's a ministry just outside the doors of our uh, of our church called um, the uh, trying to help people out in the area, uh, just in front of the church. So we we gave a challenge to the church. We said, you know, wouldn't it be nice for Christmas if we could raise five thousand dollars and hand it out to them? You know, just from that church across the street. Mm-hmm. Well, we raised 10,000. Wow. And so um, here's here's a, a church is just going to go across and give $10,000 to this group, which is which is not, you know, evangel, but it, 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 it's one trying to help the area where we are. Now that speaks volumes. It, oh, it does. It, it, it puts a whole new aspect uh, on, you know, trying to be a part of the community where we are, where we are living. And we are hoping that that, um, that building we are building will be mm-hmm. all in line with that. But I'm sure Graham and, and Patty will give you a lot more than I can on that one, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, now, I've heard there are um, English-speaking churches in different parts of Canada that have partnered with French-speaking churches in Quebec. Uh, um, what 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 can you tell me about those kind of partnerships? And and uh, yeah. is that something still happening? Yes, it is. Uh, basically, about twenty years ago, actually, I think about well, that's incredible. Um, at the two thousand and two conference in Victoria, BC, we we started promoting. Um, the idea of partnerships between churches across Canada with, with Quebec, churches in Quebec. Uh, we've been doing that for the past 20 years. Uh, sometimes we've had churches, 
Up over 30 churches from across Canada partnered with a church in the province of Quebec or in French Canada. Uh, and that help went from uh, financial help, prayer help, sending teams, uh, uh, you know, building uh, things. Um, sometimes it was just helping to know how to manage a, a church and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that's still on today. So we have, uh, again, this is something I can, I, I can give to you as an idea. We have, we've, we've um, uh, prepared best practices on how to be a partner church with the church in the province of Quebec. How uh, a church is saying, okay, I want to be involved with the missional priority of Quebec and Francophone Canada. I'm not going to move there, but how can our church mm -hmm. help? Well, sometimes having this almost like a, a sister <coughs> sister church we can work with, maybe a different size, but um, we have a couple of churches uh, who have been involved in, in partnerships for 15 years. Uh, churches in Edmonton, churches in BC, with churches in Quebec. It's almost become as if their sister church is almost like a department of their church. Wow. You know, like uh, when they have their annual reports, they have an annual report from their church in, 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 in Quebec. And um, it really does help, you know, like um, it's amazing how a financial help from a church out West will help a church in the province of Quebec being able to have at least a part-time youth director, mm -hmm. at least uh, help uh, the pastor move from a um, tent making position to maybe a full-time position uh, so many things can can be done. There's so much to do. Uh, and, you know, again, thank you, Kevin, for, for even having me on this podcast today to just be able to talk a bit about what, what God can do through our willing to acquiesce to his leadings by his Holy Spirit in our lives. And, uh, you know, we can look at the dearth of saying, oh, no one's interested in, uh, uh, in, in God in Quebec. Or we can look the other side and say, hey, what, what an, an opportunity. opportunity. What yeah. an opportunity for, for the gospel of Christ. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll certainly uh, give contact information so that people can email you, Gary. And, uh, and I just would uh, throw out the challenge to our listeners uh, to, uh, to ask, have you ever thought about uh, pursuing a, uh, a life serving God in Quebec. And if uh, that's ever come across your radar or you're curious, uh, please uh, get in touch with Gary Connors. And uh, he's, a, he's a good guide uh, to, to help get uh, people connected. Um, Self-confessed self good guy. <laughs> Self-confessed good guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just one one parting question uh what would what's your dream for the cities in quebec I, I guess it would be to have um you know communities of um communities of faith communities of um points touch points with the with the gospel of christ um and um i, I guess i'm very you know, I'm not looking to state buildings, uh, but uh, I'm looking to say places where uh, Christ will be known and uh, places where Christ will be experienced. Um, you know, those touch points where people can come and, and know the presence of the Lord, um, whether it be in a small groups, whether it be uh, in larger groups, whether it be in the celebratory times of the beautiful worship. Or, or whether it be in, you know, marketplace evangelism mm -hmm. and uh, being our, our, uh, our cities. Our cities really need to hear uh, the center of our influence. We really know, really need to have the influence of us as believers uh, to bring salt and light uh, where we are planted. Because if we don't bring our light, um, Others, others surely will not bring our light. They'll bring their light. And uh, the light that we bring, really, we know is the transform, transforming power of the gospel. Like I know personally, um, it's just transforming my life. And uh, just that is just a, for our cities and communities across. It's a big province, Kevin. Um, you know, we think of Montreal, we think of Quebec City, but there's many, many areas across this, this province. And sometimes there's miles and kilometers between them. 
but each one of those areas need to have a, a faith community of sorts. Uh, that's my desire to see that. Uh, right now we have about, even within the Pentecostal Centers of Canada, about 105 uh, faith communities. Um, we are probably one of the larger uh, denominations, evangelical denominations, although there are many others. None of us feel more superior than anybody, but uh, there's a real place within the province, um, Kevin. Mm. Well, Gary, uh, thank you so much for uh, being on uh, the podcast today. And uh, as we go, I just have one request, poppy seed bagel with cream cheese. I can do that for you. <laughs> and that was Gary Connors from Quebec. Hey, in the first episode of season three, uh, we announced a contest on our uh, Facebook uh, page. And uh, we had a contest to guess uh, what do you think were the most listened to episodes during season two, 2021? And uh, the winner of the contest is Mary Rogers. And uh, she'll be getting a copy uh, of Kevin Weeb's book. I'll be sending that out to her. Uh, so what were the most listened to episodes, you ask? Well, the, the top most listened episode in 2021 was First Nations and the Canadian Church, an interview that I had with Aaron Mix-Ross, uh, who's from Richmond, British Columbia. The second most listened to episode was Sniff, Sneeze, Splice uh, with the PAOC archivist in Mississauga, James Craig. <clears throat> and the third most listened episode was Qualitative Neighboring Part 1. And that was a panel discussion where we talked about uh, intentional community and uh, living out uh, your ministry where you trade your platform for a front porch and focus on uh, ministry into your immediate neighborhood. So congratulations, Mary. We'll get the cop copy of that uh, book from Kevin Weeb out to you uh, shortly. Now, uh, on our next episode coming up, uh, we have uh, Susan Wells. And Susan Wells has also um, recently written a book called A Place at My Table, Creating, Creating Space to Belong. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy uh, hearing some of uh, Susan's insights. And uh, as we do a deep dive into uh, what it means to be a person of hospitality in the kingdom of God. So until... Uh, the next time, uh, stay tuned. I'm Kevin Rogers, and you've been listening to Sidewalk Skyline Podcast.